This recording was done during the 2023 WGA and SAG after strike. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the content being covered here would not exist. everyone and welcome to the galactic podcast i am lauren romo with me as always my cousin and fellow nerd andrea gutierrez howdy greetings salutations what's going on man just chilling i'm tired today (laughs) we got a lot to talk about today too (laughs) i know i'm hoping some sort of energy pumps into me because i'm like well we will we will energize you with our talk today for sure we got a lot to talk about. We are talking about Ahsoka parts seven or six and seven. We're excited to talk about this show. And if you guys heard our last few episodes, you know our thoughts up until this point. So we're ready to rock and roll and have some fun today. But before we get into all that, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are Star Wars podcast that discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it. And we talk about it. All right, Ange. Wow. Wow. Six, part six and seven of Ahsoka. So we are talking about... Uh, it's Part six is was named Far, Far Away. That was directed by uh, Jennifer Getzinger. And part seven was Dreams and Madness, which I love that title. Director was Gita Vansant Patel, who, upon doing a real quick search, she did a House of the Dragon episodes, uh, which I'm very excited. Uh, didn't know that, which I'm a big fan of that show. So I loved and I love seven a lot. That was probably one of my favorites. And then Jennifer did a, has done uh, many different things. She did the show Candy. Uh, she did uh, episodes of Mad Men and Westworld. So she has been in the space uh, as well. So two great directors. Again, your writers are Dave Filoni. Um, and yeah, I, I think for me, Ange, I'll kick us off. I think this these are probably my two favorites. For, for I think for a number of reasons. One, I felt that the editing and the pacing of these two episodes were probably some of the best of the series so far. And we, we talked about that in our previous discussions where I, I expressed that I thought the pacing for, I think the first maybe three, four episodes was was okay at times. It felt a little like, okay, I think you don't have to hold on to that shot as long as you did. Uh, but then I I think especially with five, it 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 was really, really done well. I think that was Filoni's um, direct, directorial and editing and writing debut for this sh- series. And then uh, these last two, six and seven, they just got, they did the thing. And then I think that's when Star Wars is at its best. That's when they just do the things they don't sugarcoat things they get right to the point right and i think these two episodes got to the point right and we had 
two big arrivals of the uh, of the show. Uh, you know, we had Thrawn. Thrawn's entrance was amazing. We'll talk about him in depth in a little bit. We had Ezra, who I again I said previously I did not think we would see him you at all. Think we'd see him. I was very and I was pleasantly surprised that we did get him as early as we did. I I thought if we did, we would have got him maybe the last episode, right? Which I would have been fine with. But again, Floney wants to tell a story and he was like, no, we're going to get him in episode six and far, far away, which quick note. I don't know if you saw it and or if anybody else saw it, but on Star Wars Twitter account. They showed a little video of back in celebration in London this year. Dave said on stage, you know, you guys want to know where Ezra is. He is far, far away. What a little prankster. So if he is trolling at that high level, come on now. (laughs) That's just amazing for me. Like if that's what he like, if he knew that's what the title was, that's just that's hilarious. I mean, I, I love it. I mean, that's just Filoni being Filoni, and it's and it's fantastic. So yeah, I, I really love the the again. Directors were great in these two episodes. I thought visuals were great. Everything looked good. Thrawn looked great. Lars, God, I love. I mean, just hearing his voice in live action as Thrawn was what I wanted. Like I, I expected, and it was fantastic. Uh, again, it just. It was what I was hoping for. It met my expectations as far as what, you know, the story is telling. And I'm I'm loving what they're doing so far with this with this story. And again, um Iman um as Ezra Bridger was fantastic. Like he encapsulates that character very, very well. And again, maybe we'll we'll touch on that uh a little bit later on. But those are kind of my overall thoughts. Again, the music, as always, Kiner just absolutely killing it with the music for this show. It's so good. It's so, so good. Ange, I want to throw it to you now. Your overall thoughts, feelings, moments that, you know, caught, caught your attention. What do you got? Talk to me. Um. Yeah, I absolutely loved these two episodes. Six, though, I came out a little grouchy, to be honest. I was really mad with, um, we'll talk about it, but I didn't really like Thrawn's look. I, I feel like okay. I needed to be okay. warmed up to it, like, a little bit. Um, but we'll get into that later. But re-watching, like, I guess it's just the difference of going from animation into live action and the expectation of what you think you're going to see to what you do see It can, like, we've said this before, it's a little jarring and it takes a a minute to get used to. Um, I had a huge bitch fest about the way he looked (laughs) after the first time I watched it. I actually worked that night. So, like, I went in at one in the morning and I was like, and um, and then I went back home and I watched it again. I was like, ah, it's not that bad. What's wrong with me? Um, I, I was so thrilled to see Ezra. And Ezra, the way we somewhat like expected him to be, right? Like living off the land, being a part of the force, being a part with creatures. Um, it was being just, a nomad. I mean, yeah, it was cool. It, yeah, it was so great. 
Uh, Bordizo's performance on Sabine is just always so good. Always so great. So, and then Balin leaves so many crumbs for us to just keep following along and wanting more. And I don't know. I've been like over this since last Tuesday, I've been watching a lot of Clone Wars trying to maybe piece together like what is missing and what Balin wants so bad. Um, so I don't know. It's it's very intriguing. It's very thought provoking. It's it's all of the things that we've been saying about this series again and executed perfectly. Uh the like you said, like the pacing of these episodes was very, very good. And these two directors are very experienced in, in TV. So I think that's what was helpful. Um, they were just really great episodes. It, I mean, if if we get into like six, like just that intro of the the playfulness of Ahsoka and Hu Yang talking about the three parts of the galaxy's history and the joke of the part one is the best and probably taking a stab at us fans thinking that we can grade one trilogy or one episode over another. You think that was? Do you feel oh, like that heck was? yeah, heck, heck I, I've seen yeah. people talk about that, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I felt it immediately when she was see, like part one being the best, and I was like, what's she doing there? <laughs> I see. I didn't. I, I guess I didn't take it that way at all. I did totally. But it's yeah. interesting. Interesting because as many people have, I've seen many people talk about that for sure. Yeah, but that conversation um, on its own was a little uh, surprising to me. Where uh, Hu Yang. Well, Ahsoka tells Hu Yang that she saw that Sabine went with the enemy willingly. And Ahsoka says that maybe she didn't prepare her enough to make the correct choice, which I thought was interesting considering that last time we talked, we talked about how maybe Ahsoka was a little bit more um, gelling along with the ways of the Force. And that that statement kind of made me think like, oh, maybe she's still a little bit stuck in her own way. Like she feels like she can she can coax someone to do the right thing or she has more control over the situation than she thinks. Um, but I think Hu Yang came back with a really good lesson of it was only choice that Sabine knew and, and the force provides you with information and you do what you can. So that was really awesome. And then to do the, the a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That I was, mean, that was really cool. What an opening. What it, I could watch that little part over and over again. It was so great. Me too. It was so good. And Hu Yang has just become like such a great character and valuable to to the Jedi, which he always has been. And a lot of us just weren't really familiar with that. So, man. Yeah, I I, I really liked all of I mean, I, I liked it the entire time I'm watching this. I'm thinking man, this is what it's all about. It's, it's threads coming from the Clone Wars, it's threads coming from from Rebels. It's it's all this stuff that we knew and loved and, and knew was important and should have been a part of the the next storytelling, and now it is. So it's it's just fantastic. Yeah, I I like, and, and again, well said, I, I like how they are connecting a lot of the Clone Wars, Rebels, just like you said. But then they're also giving us new stuff, new lore to think on, to ponder on. Again, you talk about Balin. We'll get we'll get into him in in a minute. But yeah, I mean, his whole character is just fascinating. Like, I, 
I just don't know what to make of him. And that's, I think that's what makes me intrigued is because he's not your typical villain, quote unquote. And I think that's the whole point, right? He's not, he's not supposed to be. And then again, the new lore stuff. I mean, we get, again, we'll talk about this as well as the, the great mothers and all this, um, Dathomirian witches and all this, like he is building upon Dave Filoni with this storytelling is building upon what you, what you're talking about, Ange, Clone Wars, Rebels, ex- expanding that lore, connecting it and then connecting it to the newer stuff, right? Or at least giving us threads and making new threads. It's just, it's, it's fascinating. It's good storytelling for me. This is why I think it's, this is one of my favorite series so far from Star, like that we've gotten out of this era of Star Wars. And I, I am very excited to see how this concludes. And we'll get to that at the very end because I think there's going to, I just, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that because I think it's fascinating what, you know, where we could go from here. And that's one thing I've enjoyed a lot about this show so far as well is the fact that I don't, I don't know. We don't know like that. That has been a very fun part for me is not knowing, not being able to know. Like, again, I was wrong. Like I was like, we're not going to see Ezra anytime soon. If any, no, Loni's like, Nope, here you go. You know? And, and we got Thrawn, you know, we talked about that, about getting Thrawn earlier and not waiting maybe for the last two episodes. We got him in six, which was great. And that's what I was hoping for. And his entrance did not disappoint. So let's get to him. And you brought it up. I want to hear your thoughts on, again, I know you said at, at first you had a little bit of an issue. What explain, go ahead. What, what was kind of your process through that, you know, seeing him in live action again, juxtapose it to rebels and what we, what we've seen before. What do you got? So every image we've ever seen of Thrawn prior to this moment, um, let's say it's comic or just an illustration based off of a novel or in animation, he has been very fit, right? And he has been known to be um, somewhat of a warrior as well, too. Like he can handle himself in hand-to-hand combat combat he trains he he is uh like fierce right is like how i envision him and that's maybe even the way like i would describe him to someone that's never seen him before and it's almost like man just wait till you see this guy he is like a he's a badass he he can hold his own he's a tactician he's everything he's the whole package and then he comes walking out and he's got like this this gut and i was like what i was like what i kind of had a feeling that's where you're going with and i was like don't shoot him from that angle it don't look good like because it looked fine and but when you did that that profile at side angle i was like oh my god what is going on what is going on and then i was like you know what that's just some bull crap because i know that um Hang on, let me get all the way through this before anybody thinks i'm doing it i'm slighting anybody or anything like that I was thinking, you know, we always talk about like it, the the voice package has got to meet the the presentation package, right? As well too. And Lars Mickelson's voice is completely important, but the look needed to be there as well too and everybody thought like the look was there, but to see it in its entirety, I was like it's not. And I'm like, why didn't they fix that? Why didn't they make sure it 
he was fit. And then I go back to like watching footage of Lars Mickelson. He's not a big guy. So it's almost like this added weight that they put on Thrawn was completely intentional, which I thought was very strange. It was very, very strange to me because I'm thinking he's on this outside galaxy planet. You know, he's not sitting on a couch eating potato chips. You know, the food is scarce. I'm sure he still um, honors like, you know, all these things. Why does he look like that? I was so worked up about it. And I still can be like at times because I'm sorry, when I envision him, I think of him in comic book fashion, animation fashion. He's fit. He has broad shoulders. He almost looks like Balin is was my expectation of what mm. I was going to see. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it really bothered me for a while, which which was messed up because the intro was so cool. Like coming from the back, the troopers chaining Thrawn, the way Enoch looked, it was so freaking awesome. And then the, to turn around and then all of a sudden it wasn't the Thrawn I was expecting. It was a little jarring. So I I really am wondering, like, why? Why did they why did they put him in that? imperial looking officer look you know because he does look very imperial every imperial officer we've known to look looks like that let's be honest but not Thrawn he was supposed to be the difference he was supposed to be like you know um something that was menacing uh, tactitionally and physically so I just I still can't wrap my brain around why that was a choice because it obviously was but why? 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 I don't get it. I get it. I don't I don't get it. I really don't. No, that's interesting that you bring that up because that was my uh, first I had a similar reaction to when he to when we saw him, but it didn't bother me as much as it it, it bothered, you know, it, it bothered you. And I think for me again it's because of Lars in his voice like that I for me that was more of the you have to nail that the look I could I could you know look past it because I know as animation as we know and you kind of brought it up Ange, it's hard to translate the look right and but and I get where you're coming from though as well whereas like if you've read, if you've seen any art, if you've seen Rebels, you know, and even in that show, you see him like working out with those robots and everything like that. So I get where you're coming from for sure. And again, I had that reaction as well, but then it it was a fleeting thought and then it went away because again, Lars's voice for me, that is that again, that was it for me. That was the key. You get the voice. I don't care how he looks painted in blue. I like whatever. I can look past all of that because I needed the voice to be that menacing voice for me. I, Again, that's all I cared about. It kind of like reminded me of like the first time we saw Ahsoka. We're like, oh, it's good enough, but it's off. Right. It could be better. It's kind of Fair. like Fair. the way I think about it now. Like it, there can be improvements going forward, I think. Um, but it is what it is now. And yeah, you're right. The voice is is key in the way he speaks and the the cadence to his voice and the way he enunciates things is 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 where it's important. And 
it, it, it that that part just like allows you to be like, all right, I'm finally seeing Thrawn in live action, and then finally I'm like, holy crap, this is Thrawn in live action. This is huge. Like, and he's and he's on the Chimera, and he has storm or troopers like surrounding Night him. Night troopers, and he, right? And he has this new right hand man that looks cool as hell. Like, and he sounds like a transformer. And I love it for that. <laughs> I, I will, we'll talk about that. And I was like, and and he's got a little war map area, and and it's all great. Like, it's all perfect. And you know, like later where he takes a loss, but he doesn't see it as a loss. And he says that our first battle against uh, Sokotano might be counted as a loss. So he expects to fight her again or her to be an adversary again against him. So it was all perfect, right? It, it Once I got past the initial of, I wasn't expecting him to look like that, but if that's the way he looks, then that's the way he looks. And I'm okay with that, but it just does. I'm just like, man, why is that intentional? I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't. And I'd have to look at pictures too. I don't know. As far as my memory, when I saw Lars watching like the celebration stuff, he was a taller, thinner guy. Thinner man. I thought, yeah. I thought. Maybe, maybe yeah. not. Though. We don't know. Maybe no, not. I mean, as far as I remember, right, correct. I get you. It it it's it was a little bit. That's a choice. I wonder if, it, like you're saying, is it an intentional choice? It must be if it if it if that's the case. But again, I, for me, and just like you were just saying, Ange, like it's the voice. You had to nail the voice, and he is the perfect guy for that voice like you're saying his cadence his delivery of just saying sabine wren and like it's just so good i love it it's, it's the best so part. good to get like, to hear him uh, say sabine wren and ezra bridger it's just so good right i mean it's just like we've heard it so many times as rebels fans and just to hear it in live action uh it's just it was it was fantastic it was fantastic the one thing, like the one line that I love that he presented pretty pretty much sums up the way Ahsoka feels about this whole thing as well, too, is when he says the desire to be reunited with, reunited with your long lost friend, how that singular focus will reshape our galaxy. That is exactly, that is maybe the theme, maybe the point, maybe it's selfishness, self-centeredness, I don't know. But that drive, and Balin says about Sabine blinds her and can help them is is pretty much the focus on everybody right now, and Ahsoka included, and and probably even Sabine as well. But she doesn't want to be as forthcoming about it as we can tell because she she doesn't want to give any details to Ezra about how she got there because she feels ashamed and she probably feels guilt. So everybody's on the same page. Sabine really messed up a little bit, but um, it could pay off. Or or not. That's that's kind of like where I'm at when these episodes ended. It's like, will this pay off? Will Sabine's mistake like be fixed? I don't know. Right. And and again, it's for Thrawn, knowing that she was the prisoner. And I love that, yeah, that little whole scene of they brought a prisoner, he asked the great mothers, who again we'll get we'll get to in a minute, kids. But he asked them, you know, you didn't see that, you know, you didn't, you didn't give me aware awareness that you knew. And they were like, you know, it was a, a un an unknown a, thread, a loose thread, a loose thread. And then, you know, when 
uh, Morgan Elsbeth says it was Sabine Wren and his his whole now there's a familiar name like I'm just like yes yeah yeah it was so good loved it so much but it was that at that moment though again as Thrawn fans you knew he was already thinking man like he was like okay we have Sabine I have Ezra we ship her and again it was just like so quick I give her what she wants she goes far away I can get what I want buys me time and then i'm you know there's gonna be stranded and dude thrawn knows ezra's alive oh he has to maybe he knows it he knows it and he knows exactly where it's at he's at and he's keeping him at a distance because he's probably been picking off his troopers this entire time and he just knows ezra is alive and and knows he probably can't get off this planet if Ezra is close to their whereabouts. So he knows he's so smart. I love that guy. And then he knew that if anybody would kind of bring him out of his hiding, it would be Sabine. So that, I mean, he knew that, okay, I'll send her because if anything can get Ezra out of where he is, it would be reuniting with her for sure. He knows that. He knows that. It's just insane how smart this guy is. For sure. Like, I, oh, it's so good. For him to, again, if you go back to his history, with especially with Rebels, he was always, and still is, I think the smartest guy in the room. For sure. Like, like we've talked about, he's a tactician. But the one thing that always, I think, baffles him is when he doesn't know the the unknown when what i'm speaking about is in season three with the bendu right he is not aware of of that type of uh entity right he knows of the force but he didn't know of the bendu right it's like the when he is not aware that's obviously right that that hinders him but i like that he is using magic, dark sister, you know, uh, witch magic now, because it's something that he's probably has never had the access to. Right. But now he's using it to the best of his abilities as far as, you know, for his personal gain and all that. Like, I just love that he is adapting to, obviously his surroundings and whatever deal he made with these great mothers, I'm interested to find that out. You know, I think it could be a little bit of a disadvantage for him though, is like when you notice when they say, when they said like, there's a prisoner and he seemed surprised, which he usually is not. And he was like, you did not speak of this. It's almost like he's put at a disadvantage when he wants to use their magic to to tell the future like he's almost believing in it too much that's to where point. he's not giving himself the options he normally would in case a situation changes and and let's be honest if you read a thrawn book thrawn is never surprised never so the fact that he was it was it was quite interesting i thought it was very telling no that's a really good point it's a really good point I, I'm just fascinated with this idea of him making a deal with 
these night sisters, the the great mothers, which again, the voice, I'm pretty sure I I'd have to confirm this, but I'm pretty sure that was like the voice of Mother Townsend, like the the person that did it. So that was very, very cool. And they had it again to the T where it was like you hear like a female voice, but also like a male voice in the background too. Like I it's just fast like that i'm so glad we're getting more night sister stuff they remind me of the benny jesuit from dune oh okay that's a good call that's a really good call i like that i like that i'm just so glad we're getting more because we don't have we haven't explored that side of it in a great great detail right we got it in clone wars and in and in some novels you know, but to have it in live action, it's a totally different ballgame. And I love that that Floney is pulling this thread of Night Sisters, of, you know, uh, using their magic. And it's just, oh, I just love it. I just love that we're going down this road because it's just something that we haven't seen in live action and we're exploring it. And I find their whole like coven or whatever they're called, I don't even know, fascinating. And again, but I like how they are even, like you just brought up, they don't know everything though, as much as Thrawn assumes or they assume they know everything, right? They don't. So the the unknown variables will always be there. But I think like we like you were just saying though, Ange, I think one one thing Thrawn is good at is adapting. Right. Once he knows he can adapt and he adapts quickly and that's where he can change his whole, you know, operation. And to the point of, you know, when he notices Balin isn't where he's supposed to be, he kind of immediately has his team retreat because I think now he's like, all right, now I have to worry about him because he's an unknown. And he's never trusted him. He never really trusted him either. I don't I don't think. So were you were you surprised when he said General Balin's goal? Were you oh yeah, surprised? that was me too. Interesting. We'll get the Balin in a little bit, but yeah. yeah, interesting. Again, that's Thrawn doing his homework, though, right? Like that is Thrawn doing his homework. But I would I would guess that somehow he knew that Morgan was bringing him somehow i would think so right and um, that's how he got like and he obviously did his you know his research like he was doing on ahsoka is that what you're thinking too that's kind of where i'm i'm guessing that i mean i don't know i feel like he must have interact not interacted with him but it, it just seemed interesting right because you think of generals you think of jedi masters jedi knights general skywalker that, general kenobi right right um it just seemed interesting to me. Like I kind of thought like he was a Jedi at the temple during the Clone Wars, but not a not a general, not on the front of the battle and not known by Thrawn. So it, it was really interesting. Yeah, again, that him just knowing things is always fascinating. You know, and that was one of my favorite parts too was when he asked Morgan to like give him the 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 town of dossier and then he was like so her master was 
Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker. And you knew right away his wheels were already turning like, son of a bee, man, that guy. <laughs> this is his Padawan. Oh, great. Like he already knew. And he he's like, number it. one, impulsive. <laughs> and, but he already knew him. That's when he told Morgan, like he yeah. was unpredictable. And that mm-hmm. makes, you know, him dangerous. And this is why Ahsoka is dangerous. Because if she's anything like him, she's going to be unpredictable and she's going to be dangerous. So, like, he's already mentally preparing. Like, I just, I love that about him. Like, he just know, he just knew once he saw Skywalker, like, he was like, oh, crap. Like, this is, this is something that we got to worry about. 100% for sure. Anything else, Angie, you want to talk about? The Great Mothers, any more on Throne that you have thoughts on? Any, anything else? What you got? No, um, I mean, I I mean, I know we're going to talk about predictions, but I truly believe that Thrawn's going to make it out of this galaxy. Oh, yeah. Into our galaxy. Like, yeah, it's not even a question to me. Like, I I would be surprised if he doesn't. I would. I would, too. Like, I don't think the battle ends here on Peridia. I I am fully believing that he is going to escape off Pridia and become an opponent against the New Republic. And somehow, some way, right? I feel like that's the purpose of it, right? Like, we're setting up for Filoni's movie. Like, I feel like this is kind of the, the beginning of that. I think we're setting up for a lot of movies, to be honest. Maybe. Because we're we're gonna get to Balin in a minute, but he's obsessed with the beginning, right? And we we know that there's possibly a, a movie in the works for the Dawn of the Jedi. So um, there's just this this show has so much potential to create such great work off of it. So let's get to Balin, man, because he is a trip. Yeah, he is. Real quick though, I want to do go back real quick to Thrawn and Enoch. Yeah, favorite guy. Love that his, like, his Stormtrooper helmet is, like, an actual face. Yeah. Very cool. And I love that his voice is a Transformer. <laughs> That's all I have on Enoch. He's coolest. I love he is it. coolest. I like when he says, die well. Yeah, that was, again, a great line. Die well. Yeah. like just die well. In, an, in a transformer transformer e voice, I loved it. Like, I just, it's good stuff. Again, the whole night, night troopers, fascinating. Yeah, everybody thought maybe they were reanimated by not. the Night Sisters. They're not. They're just stupid troopers that get shot very easily and run around, right? And talk to themselves. So, and then real quick again, the Chimera. Yeah, what a sight! That that shot yep. was amazing, and you see the damage being repaired. Mm-hmm. You see that under the ship is the Chimera symbol. Like mm-hmm. it was really really cool to see that kind of all come come about. Again, knowing how damaged it was at the end of Rebels to see how much they've had to repair it and probably how long that has taken. I mean, they've been there a long time. I mean, I know they're in another galaxy, so I would assume time moves the same, but I don't know because, I mean, I've seen Interstellar and I know things are different when you go to different places. (laughs) I don't think that's how it works in Star Wars, but... Maybe. But yeah, I mean, George has always said time is time. If if it's morning in one planet, it's morning in the other planet. So I would assume if it's been 10 years, then it's been 10 years. Yeah, I mean, that would be my assumption as well. We're like, because we are at this point, 
nine was it nine years ish removed from the Battle of Endor now? I think somewhere around there. I thought it was like five or three. I mean well, eight eight or something. Because Mand- Mando was started at five, right? Season one, I believe, was five years post Return of the Jedi. Do I have to go grab my timelines book? <laughs> no, you don't have to. But I mean, I, I think I think we are roughly anywhere between five, I say five to eight years post Return of the Jedi, I think is my guess. Yeah, I think we're ten years from Lothal, Battle of Lothal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That so makes like sense. a year before a new hope, then four years. Did I just disconnect? Am I good? No, you're good. You're good. I can still hear. All right. I think we're 10 years. I'm going to give it a nice solid round number. Yeah. From Lothal, I would say, yeah. No, I yeah. agree. I agree with you. I think from when they like left. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And we know this is post, real quick, post Mando season three because the Battle of Mandalore happened. We got that little reference in that very cool Senate ish scene, mm-hmm. real quick. Uh, Senator Ziano, don't like you. Jerk. You can go away. 3PO was cool. Like, I wasn't like, oh my God. Like, it was cool, though. Like, it was cool. I mean, always, it's always fun to see C3PO, Anthony Daniels, you know, whatever. That's fine. Like, he's an OG character that will probably show up in almost anything. Yeah. A, Daniels will do it. B, it's easy because he's a droid. So, but yeah, I liked all that stuff, though. Any thoughts on that, real quick, before we go to Balaam? Uh, I like that Chopper was about to, uh, wreck shop. Yeah. (laughs) When he said mere droid. Right. I loved it. Such a good touch. That's one thing. I hope we get to see like our Chopper be Chopper and wreck, wreck some shop. Like I, I, I'm excited to see that down the road for sure. But yeah, I think, I think seeing that scene kind of like, um, solidifies that. Thrawn's going to make it out of Peridia and to the New Republic because, I mean, Hera's betting money on it, you know? She's she's saying you have to expect for the worst and hope for the best. So, yeah. I mean, of course he's coming. There's no way. I, I just don't think they're going to prevent him from from getting to, to that opponent. Again, I would be very surprised for sure. And the one person, again, there's obviously a few people that Thrawn said, you know, no matter what, if they either die or we leave them here, obviously Ezra, Sabine, and then he did obviously mention Balin and Shin. So let's talk about Balin because he is the most I fascinating character, I think, on this show. His motives are so, like, I just don't know. And that's kind of refreshing. In many ways, because again, they could have went prototypical. He just wants power, right? He wants, he wants like all the power. He wants like, you know, Sith and all that. I I don't think it has to do with anything like that. And a lot of things I think point to that, you know, especially in these last two episodes, him, him and Shin talking were some of the best dialogue. You know, I mean, she, you know, he talks about, seeing the Jedi temple burn being, you know, being there and then talking about this cycle that just never ends. 
you know, the fall of the Jedi, the rise of the empire, you know, when you look at history, it just repeats itself. Like, and he wants to stop that, but it's just, I don't want like the whole reasons why he wants to stop it and how he's going to stop it are very unclear to me. And then even with, you know, with Shin too, like her, her path, like he said later on in episode seven, like, you know, your, your ambition drives you one way. I am pulled another way, you know? So again, are the, are they at odds or are they just, you know, what I, I their relationship I think is becoming a little more fascinating, fascinating to me as well. But yeah, ba- Balin is just such a, you know, he's just a fascinating character. And, you know, when they, when Shin asked him about the order, and you know, do you miss it? And he's like, I miss the idea of it. So it's like, what do you like what and he's like, not the truth. Not the truth and the weakness. And the weakness. And then he just There was no future there, he said. Which is which he was totally right. I mean, he's anybody in the chat, is he wrong? No. He's not he's not wrong. Like what they were doing back then. And we know this because of Clone Wars and everything. Yeah, dude, it was, it was not, it was not going well. You know, and again, he's he's he has talked about betrayal from the Order, right? He talks about wanting or feeling something that is like calling to him. What is he talking about? He talks about what you know. Shin brings up this idea of you know, the night sisters or the, the great mothers really want to get out of here, you know, and he's in, you know, Balin's point of like, they must fear what they, what they either, what, what he's sensing maybe, you know, and then again, Shin, you know, talking about power and, you know, he says that, that, you know, are we looking kind of for power? Like, like Thrawn is like taking control. And he's like, and I love his line of that's a fleeting thing. You know, like, it's just, he's such a freaking fascinating character. And it does, you mentioned, you talked about this last episodes too, Ange. Ray Stevenson passing away. Man, that is just, again, thoughts and prayers still to, you know, all uh, to his family and everything. I, I, it just, I hope they either, again, he, they wrap this up with his character in a way, which again, we'll talk about because I think they might, or if they continue on, I'm okay with that. Cause I think his character is fascinating enough to where I want more. Or if they give me all the backstory now, I want it all. Like he is just a fascinating, fascinating character. And it's just him and Shin, you know, again, Shin's motives are very kind of interesting because she seems to be more on that kind of power, like Thrawn, which again, to Balin, it's it's more of the that's that type of power is fleeting, you know. So she she she's very interesting in her motives as well. So, and talk to me about Balin Shin, all that. What do you got? What's your thoughts? Yeah, um, coming out of episode seven, after. Balin like kind of turned his back on Shin and let her go off on this mission that seemed to be 
the same mission both of them were on in the first place and then all of a sudden he he changes i I was just left with like a what like what is what is going on like this is crazy like what is what is his intention what is his need and i mean you brought it up when they were shin and balin were talking and shin says that this place was a wasteland and Balin says that he clearly, you know, sees that it was once the great kingdom of the Death Mary. And like you said, like she says, they're eager to leave here. And he says, perhaps they feel a power greater than their own. And he said, something calls calls to me. Can't you hear it? Something stirs here. Can't you see it? What is it? Right. And I don't want to speculate. I want to be like, oh, it's this. But I think the answer is in everything we've ever watched before, to be honest, because I don't think Filoni and George are going to come up with this new thing that um, calls to him. So I think of things like the Bendu. I think of things like Mortis. I, I think of things like the son and the daughter and the father. I think of like all that, that type of stuff. Because um, if you think of like the beginning, right? That even kind of trips me out as well, too, when he says he wants to go back to the beginning. The one thing that's been around since the beginning that's still here is Hu Yang. So it's like, what what, what is this that he, he desires? And how can he create something that doesn't fall back into the cycle of great power, breaks into factions, then fights itself, and then repairs itself, and then does it all over again? Like, it just seems impossible. So it's going to be really fascinating when we find out what this is. Because it just doesn't seem possible, to be honest. I mean, in the reality of what is real life and then what even is in Star Wars life, to be able to break that cycle just doesn't seem possible. Because for what we know in the future, it isn't. So um, it's definitely like a power greater than any of us know of. So I, I go back to Mortis and I go back to... Like Anakin calling the brother Sith and he and even the brother says he they are more than that, you know, more than Jedi, more than Sith. So I don't know. It's it seems impossible. Whatever he wants, I can't predict it because it just seems unrealistic that he's going to be able to find a new beginning. And it, and I think that's really awesome storytelling but it's also somewhat frustrating, like, you know, on a on a fan's end, because it's just like, I just don't know. I, f- I feel I feel lost. I feel lost. Like when it comes to Balin, I feel like I can't keep up with his thought process. He's a little too advanced for me, which so, I again, that's why it makes him such a good character, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And when he sees Ahsoka, you know, when she she gets out of the she jumps off of the ship and she's there and she says like what like oh you thought i was dead or, or what does she say she says like um hang on i wrote it down like are you surprised or something i think that's what she said yeah she said oh disappointed and he said no like very abruptly um he said however i can't afford to um let you interfere he values jedi but values power None of that is ever going to is is just like a straight contradiction. I just don't I don't get it. I think it's for me, like when he talks about the beginning, I think what he's seeking is 
from kind of how I'm how I'm interpreting what he's saying is that, you know, it's not it's the beginning of the beginning of the end, the beginning of breaking that cycle, right? Like you can't. Well, well, right. To your point, is that even something that he can accomplish? No, I don't think he can. I don't, and I think again, I think that's the point: is that this cycle is forever repeating itself, right? Like that's just part of it. I wonder if we go into the the Night Sister magic a little more with what he is looking for, like if it's if it's that. If it's more deep rooted into that lore, which I'm here for, because I think, you know, you start with the great mothers and they are taking whatever they're taking from the catacombs, those coffin like, you know, uh, things. I don't know if they're like the remains of their other great mother. I don't know. Again, I, I I can't even speculate on that because I really I have no idea, right? I have no clue. Which again is exciting, and they're clearly important to them. And it was part of the deal that they're helping Thrawn was that he is transporting them somewhere for them, right? And I don't know if it's again. And Shin could be right when she says, you know, they're leaving because of whatever. Balin's feeling maybe that's just again maybe that's just their guess but maybe not maybe they just want to get off the planet so they can you know rule with Thrawn too right like it it might not be that thing where they're leaving because of whatever else is on the planet I don't they've been there for thousands and thousands clearly as Morgan said they've been there for thousands and thousands of years that's their home, you know, where they originated from, the 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 Night Sisters, the witches. So I don't know if it's the planet or something in the planet that scares them. I I don't think it's that. But something again is calling to Balin. And it I'm just I'm fascinated to find out. I mean, I don't know if they'll I don't know if it could be anything related to the to the Emperor coming back. I don't think so stupid right and i agree if that if that's <laughs> the case i don't want it to be that way but i'm just saying again like you said or like you pointed out Ange, i don't think they're gonna bring a whole new thing in they'll tie it to something that we are already aware of or yeah, at like least the, or yeah. at least mention right yeah like the witches or um i, I always go back to mortis and 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 the representation of the force, right? The representation of the force, the three, right? That and the three the mothers. There's three mothers, so yeah. I mean, it could be something to that too as well. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. But Balin is a very fascinating character, and I want everything on him now. Like, I want who his who his master was. You know where? What battles was he in in Clone Wars? Like I want all all the Balin stuff now, because he is that interesting of a character. And I really and I here's a kind of a a, a fascinating or interesting question. I've I've people I've seen people bring it bring it up. 
But like if you if you brought in Balin and let's say Qui-Gon and Dooku, I think those three kind of on the same page in many respects. Maybe they see it in a little bit different views, but the the notion or the idea that they felt that the Jedi Order was kind of fleeting, I think all three of them were on that kind of wavelength. What, do you agree, disagree? What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think... Like, I when you think of Dooku and, and Qui-Gon, you think of their resistance to being soldiers and being a part of the war and um, the Jedi losing their way. And it seems like that's the same way Balin is as well, too, because he, he calls it weakness and he and he says, like, uh, he, he missed the truth, the truth of what a Jedi should have been, not not a warrior, what they they all were um, made to be. So, yeah, I think he comes along the line of 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 those types of Jedi. So who's the other guy that used to hang out with them? Avaros, remember? And, um, well, there's also Saifo Diaz, but um, I don't know. It's, it's, it is really fascinating, just like you say, because it's like, who, who, was, he, who was he hanging out with? Who, who was his master? What battles was he in? You know, where was he during Order 66? And and then he brings up this whole idea, too, of Boken Jedi. Which I love. I like this whole idea. Yeah, I thought that that part was awesome. And then, you know, and then for Shin to be like, oh, is that what I am? She, she has no idea, like, what she is. And he says, no, they're Jedi. And I've trained you to be more than that. Right. Kind of like going back to like what the sun said. No Jedi, no Sith. More than that. No, I yeah, I. I like how they kind of have like a title for it now. Mm -hmm. of like these Jedi post Order 66 are called Boken Jedi. Again, very cool. I love all I love that little again added to the lore information that we got. And yeah, just like you said, though, it's fascinating that he said, you know, that Shin was like, oh, so like me. But he was like, no, I, I trained you to be something different and something more. So, again, it's and it, again, it goes back to he. But he then he gives up on has, her so quickly. Yeah. It's so crazy. And he still has this again, like we kind of talking about, he still has this infatuation with the Jedi Order in a way. But he feels like it should have been a different way. And that's, again, that seems to be like the driving kind of mentality of his is that the Jedi Order should have been a different way. And maybe what he's seeking, he feels like that is will get him there and that will break this cycle somehow, some way. I don't, again, you don't, I just, I, you just don't know with this guy or with Shin. Because even when she, she, Leaves him to go fight Ezra and Sabine, who we'll get to in a little bit. In, in a little bit, you know, and she kind of gets defeated, and then, like, he leaves her, right? Like you said, Balin says, you know, that's you have this mission. Go find your place in the New Empire. I have a different path, right? So it was almost like I'm leaving you. My parting, my parting last words are, 
basically don't be impatient or you're going to lose. Right. Which is a, almost a very Jedi thing to say. Right. Patience. Have patience. That's what Obi-Wan told Anakin all the time. Yoda to Luke. Right. Luke to Ray. Patience. Right. Like that's such, it, again, it, he's such a fascinating character. I just I'm so excited to see where where his story ends. Or if it doesn't, because I, I feel like it will eventually. Um, but again, yeah, but Shin, do to go back to her real quick, Soka kind of gave her a little bit of a peace offering. And I don't know, you could maybe argue that she thought about it for a hot second and then left, right? Because, again, she gets abandoned by her master, and then Thrawn basically is like, well, I'm going to get all my troops. Shin, good luck. You can do whatever you want. I don't care about you, clearly, right? So, like, now it's like, well, where does she go? I think, obviously, I think she's going back to Balin. They're going to go at least try to find him. That would be my guess. But do, do you think, do you think she will eventually go with Ahsoka, maybe? Because here's, this is where I'm going with this whole Balin stuff, is that, I think either A, he's, I do feel like he's not going to make it out of this first season. I think either A, Thrawn, being Thrawn, right, sees him as a, as an enemy now, right? Because he basically, like, left whatever plan Thrawn had and he didn't follow it. So I wonder if Thrawn will send people after him. And then Shin will see that, like see him die on those hands. And then maybe she goes to Ahsoka for guidance. Or I do wonder if Shin will betray him because there's been moments where like she has kind of almost not doubted him, but kind of questioned like, hey, like for instance, like, hey, you gave Sabine your word. Right. And then when, you know, Thrawn says you can follow them and kill them. She was like, wait a minute, that's that wasn't the deal that you made with her. So I again the the, the those these two are gonna be really interesting to see what happens. What's your thoughts on all that though, Ange? What do you what do you got? Um I don't know. I feel like they're gonna be collateral damage is the way I see it. I agree. Um, yeah, definitely. I think whatever power Balin is seeking is going to destroy him. I think I um, yeah. Shin could possibly, um, you know, come around. I don't. I don't think it's necessary or needed. I just. I just don't. Um, I just think they're going to be collateral damage, which is disappointing because they're a great dynamic and a and a great set of characters that have really a whole following has has come about just because of them so you know but i just i feel like i don't think it i don't think it was planned that they're going to get rid of balen because of what happened with ray stevenson oh right i agree not at all and i think people think like oh well of course he doesn't uh he's gonna die at the end because that's stupid like whatever right Uh, if um, if we're following how the story is going it does almost seem like he won't again that's based on the storytelling 
And someone had said it. I think maybe I was watching like a Star Wars Explained live live stream that he was going to kind of like Indiana Jones himself, right? Like where you you go after that power, you you seek to fix everything, and it ends up destroying you. Like, which it would make sense. Yeah. And it'd be a very kind of Star Warsy Indiana Jones thing, right? <laughs> which would be very cool. Again, like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and again, I just wonder what. How that will affect Shin. But right? what is it? What is the power? What? Right. And that's, again, that's a part of why I think this is such a fascinating character. Because you really don't know. His motivations are so sporadic, I guess, is the only word that I can think of. Yeah. Impulsive. Yeah. Um, You know, it's interesting that, like, maybe Ezra and Sabine and Shin and Balin and they get stuck there. Who knows? Right? I doubt it, but and maybe they're destined to fight off this this evilness or this power for however long until whatever. I don't know. Like it's we don't know if there's going to be an Ahsoka season two, do we? No, we haven't heard anything. We don't know that. So. Yeah, I. it's just all. Yeah, it's fascinating to see how they wrap up that storyline. Because I think there's just a lot of lot of. A lot of ways it could go, right? Like we're talking about. It could go in a, a lot of different directions. He survives. He dies. She goes to Ahsoka. She doesn't. She turns like total Sith. Like, I, who knows? Who knows? And she clearly doesn't know a lot because, you know, when he was talking, Balin was talking about earlier about the stories he has heard from like, basically being in, in the Jedi temple about Peridia and again, the place of, of dreams and madness. She was like, well, I've never heard any of those stories. Like, I well, felt yeah. like that was a legends call out. Right, it could have been. Call out. It could have been like stories are just stories. Like those are stories. They don't count. I, again, I don't know. Again, I don't know if that was like the direct aim at it. Just like again, the whole you know galaxy stories one, two, and three. I, I don't know if that was again for me. I didn't take it that way, but I know a lot of people did. But yeah, regardless, like I yeah, they're fascinating characters, and I'm very excited to see how they wrap up their stories and where they go. I I, I just I'm very fascinated. Uh, any last thoughts before we move on, Ange? No. All right, let's get to I think the reunion that we have all been as fans waiting for. The Ezra and Sabine reunion. I, I, I'll start here. I, again, loved it. I'm glad we got this moment in live action. Again, Iman, who is portraying Ezra Bridger, is doing a really fantastic job. I love his portrayal. It's, it feels like Ezra pulled from Rebels. I think he's got his mannerisms down. It's kind of swagger, like I love every bit of it. And again, you you brought it up earlier too, Ange. Natasha's performance of Sabine has been spot on, stellar. Loved every minute of it. The one thing that kind of trips me up with the reunion again, it's it's such a small thing, and I I and maybe it's just because again where they're putting it in the story and they kind of have to like get there and then move on from it. 
like a, it felt a little bit underwhelming, just a smidge for a me too. A little bit, right? A little bit rushed because it's like Sabine goes off, she gets into a little fight, and then she all of a sudden, you know, runs off, stumbles upon these turtle people, and the turtle people no take tea. her right there, Love right? It. I mean, they're great, but I think, um, and then I think that was like you knew you had three days, right? Because it took three days the timeline to to fill the from the catacombs. Right, so I think we were a little ex- expecting like. Maybe one more episode or one more night or one more day experience to happen before we we got that. So, I yeah, I didn't think, I don't know if I would say underwhelming. It felt rushed to me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I could, it's another good word. Yeah, another word for it that, yeah, I, 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 I'm with you on that. And again, it just felt that, I mean, they had not seen, again, this is, it's very, again, this is very nitpicky. Again, this isn't anything about the performances because I think I loved the performances that they gave for this situation. Go off, Lauren. I, oh, I no, complain no. about Thrawn's belly. Let's go. <laughs> it's not that. I think it's just maybe, again, where we were in the story and that they kind of, again, rushed or just had to get to it a little bit. But like they hadn't, they have not seen each other in, like we're saying, 10 years, give or take. So, like, for them to kind of play it, like, cool, which is still very Ezra and Sabine, though. It is. For sure. Playing it cool, like, they didn't really, like, miss each other or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, got it. I get it. And it makes sense. And, again, I'm not not saying the performances were great. It's just that I was really, I don't know, maybe I, maybe, again, my own expectations, maybe that's where it was. My own expectations of how that reunion would go down was not how it went down. And I have to deal with that. That's just a me, that's a me problem. But I, I, but it was, yeah, it was just interesting. Go ahead. What do you got? Maybe, maybe the point that wasn't sold that well was that Sabine was um, like ashamed that what she had to do to get to him. Right. It's pretty it was pretty bittersweet. If you think about it, she thinks Ahsoka's dead. She's bringing Thrawn back into the known galaxy. Right. So I think I feel like that bothered me where they didn't want to talk about it. Right. She wanted she wanted to keep that information. She just wanted to be happy that she found him. And I get that. But the weight of what happened needed to be brought about and just to drive around in that car and be like yeah i think the emperor died some people think so won the war i'm not gonna tell you how i got here that that was like it was very sabine and it also was very ezra but it just wasn't appropriate for the the story i think 100 percent, i'm with you on that i think that's maybe a part of it too is that I again maybe just how I have understood Sabine I would have thought that she'd be happy but then like hey listen dude I got here this way you and I need to go like deal with this because it's Thrawn right it's almost like she doesn't care that he's going to get away and that yeah I think that that's kind of where my I'm like okay interesting for the story i, I kind of get it because again 
you can't just see they can't just be like oh well uh you know she found ezra and now they're gonna go get thrown like you gotta give a little bit of of time i guess but yeah that did throw me to where like her like as a character sabine would hold that because i feel like she wouldn't especially if it was vital to the galaxy i i don't again just my personal opinion i don't think that she would do that but like you're saying it's a very Ezra and Sabine thing how they met how they're kind of talking around things like it is I mean it matches the characters very very well in that respect so I just yeah it was just interesting it was just a very interesting way to do the reunion right and then even I, I mean honestly I actually really loved the reunion with Ahsoka and Ezra. Yeah, that was great. That was, because you think about that, the last time they saw each other was in the world between worlds. You know, and he tells, you know, he told Ahsoka, once you get back, come find me. Right? And she said, I will. And she did. Like, that's just a full circle, love that moment for us Rebels fans, you know, and just how happy she was and he was that they saw each other. Like, I love that was a really, really, really great moment for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I just, it was interesting way for Ezra and Sabine to be reunited. Still great. I'm not going to, again, I'm happy we got Ezra when we did. Again, I, like, I, like we talked about before, I did not think we'd get him this early in the show. And I love how he's kind of like a, monk jedi like i don't need my saber the the force is my ally love it because i feel i feel like that's a very canaan thing too you know like i think that that goes back to all the teachings that canaan gave you know taught ezra about the force connecting with it more and i think he really took obviously took that into heart you know and and i actually and i know a lot of people like Wanted to see him swing the saber, which oh yeah, I did, I did too. But for him to be like, no, 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 it's it's I gave it to you, it's yours. But and I like Sabine like kept pressing because again the very Sabine thing like no dude do your thing here's the saber he's like no the force is my ally, and then you see him kicking butt like force pushing, and then the force like him ducking just as Shin like burned his hair that was so cool it's very very cool and then even when he stops the saber and you see like the force kind of pushing the blade back yeah and that it was really cool when um they do it in the rise of skywalker it made the same sound right cool. right right so again perfect like i loved all of that i loved i love the look of ezra the beard i know iman tweeted that like obviously once um once he's able to, because they're the obviously the actors are still on strike at this at this moment, uh, go support everybody. But I think there has been artwork, and I can't remember who it is, but he referenced them in the tweet about seeing as like their their vision of who Ezra would look like, and I think he kind of mirrored like was pulling that as a reference. So again, very cool for him to know, you know, to know artwork that people put out of Ezra and to kind of like take inspiration from it, to have the full beard, to have the like the curly moppy hair. I loved it. I think he looked great. He sounded great. It's just, yeah, I, 
he is a very, very good Ezra Bridger. And I'm excited. And I hope, I hope we get to see, and maybe we will, maybe we won't. I don't, again, I don't know where they're going to go with this, how they're, if they're going to get out, how they get out, all that stuff. But I'm really looking forward to the Hera Ezra reunion. That will be heavy. So with that being mentioned, do you think Ezra gets off this planet? (laughs) I get, I, I, I think that's the, yeah, I do. I mean, I think they get off eventually. Will we see it? I don't We might, because again, here's the thing to remember too. In Rebels, how he called the um, star whales now, but we call them space whales, the Purgle. He had uh, Matt, Mart, 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 put like out like a very different frequency to call them. So assuming we could do that again. They could like get into Soka's ship again, call the Purgle, head back home, right? It's possible. So that's it. Does it? It's it's convenient, but again, for people that haven't watched Rebels, maybe they don't know that's how they can do it. What's your thoughts? The whole uh, I'm getting a feeling. I think I might be going home after all. Seemed like a strangely placed line and kind of foreboding that like. I don't think you're going to make it, dude. (laughs) I mean, I don't think he's going to die or anything. I know. That line is so weird. Rewatch it, Lauren. It's it's No, I did. I watched it. Yeah, I rewatched it. Are you sure about that? Like, it's weird. So, um, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. That's where I am after these two. I don't know. I I don't know. Like, I'm, like, literally tongue-tied to where... What's going to happen to any of these people? The only thing I know for sure is Thrawn is getting out of there. That's the one thing I'll put money on. I'll put money on that. The rest of the stuff, I have no idea. But I, I want them to continue, right? I want Ezra and Sabine uh, to, to train together and be Jedi together. And I want Ahsoka to be a part of that. Like, I want all of that. I want this story to continue to go. But I just cannot see its future. I only see Thrawn getting off this stupid area and moving into the Empire. And all of a sudden, you know, the the OG characters are brought into the storyline. That's the way I see it. It, it sucks. Do you not want to see the OG? Because I, you know my thoughts. I don't want that. And it's nothing against the, those characters. Yeah, it's nothing against those characters at all. Um, Because I, it's just that I like these other characters better. They have potential to grow old with the fandom and I want them to. But I just feel like there are too many things set in play that are going to make us like, we're going to lose these characters and just to get back to the story that's already been in play. So that's where I'm kind of like, Oh God, are we really going to do this? Are we really going to air this? I don't think we will because again, now that you've added, this is the only reason I'm thinking this way is that because we've added this whole new galaxy, right? This is, 
you can easily say these characters are in that galaxy dealing with Thrawn, dealing with that separate from what's going on that we know. Now, Heir to the Empire is not canon, right? It's not. Right, so no, it's not. What happens is around this time, this time that we're in right now, Thrawn somehow comes back. That story's not told whatsoever, so it's being told right now how Thrawn gets back. But Thrawn gets back, and then Han and Leia and Luke and Lando and Chewie and C-3PO, all of them are off doing things, um, identifying, like clearing out the Imperial remnants. Um, they're with Mon Mothma. They're uh, finding out that all of a sudden Thrawn comes back. You know, all those things. So I don't know. It's so weird. See, I, I just feel like we're going to lose these characters. I'm going to be really disappointed. See, I don't think we'll lose them. I think we're just going to see them and how they explain where they will be. I think that's where we're, that's what we'll get explained. Right? Because even if Thrawn does come back, I don't, I hope it's more of a, it's the Ezra's, the Hera's, the Ahsoka's dealing with it with Mando and Bo and Luke doesn't get involved. That's honestly. I'm there too. That's, I, that's where I'm at with it. Re- real quick though, Angie, anything else with Ezra Sabine? Before, I know we're kind of in our final predictions, but what, anything else with, uh, for them? No. Okay. So yeah, I mean, predicting that in, in the Filoni film, I I just don't want Luke to be the quote unquote guy that saves it. I just don't want that because we, and that's again, that's nothing against the character or anything like that, but it's like, I want something new. I want this to be Hera, Ahsoka, their thing that they have to deal with. Not so much Luke, right? Like I just, I don't want that. I just don't, I just, I just don't want it. And again, that's nothing. I love Luke Skywalker. He's one of my favorite characters for sure. But in this instance, we've had him in the Mandovers. I get it. We, you can easily put him in, but then I think that would just be everybody expected. Oh, here comes Luke to save the day. These guys don't know what they're doing. Like, no dude. Ezra is a capable dude. So is Oka. That needs so to be Hera. That needs to be shown. And what also really needs to be shown is like Kanan, you know, some sort of callback to like what Kanan was to Ezra and and how he became the great Jedi that he is. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, again, it's very hard to predict what how the series is gonna end. I I am with you though. I think the thing that I feel for sure is that he get that Thrawn does make it out. But again, if he doesn't, then I I would buy that too. And maybe that's where we're like stuck at, and that's where these guys are is fighting this guy, and somehow they get communication out to I, again. Yeah, I don't. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know where this goes but i do feel like he gets away and maybe that again maybe that's just because again me blindly believing that this leads to feloni's movie because we could be totally wrong on that too his movie could be completely not i mean 
as as far as we know, what's been reported is that it's going to connect everything that we are seeing from Mando, from Book of Boba Fett, from Ahsoka. All that is kind of being connected together in this film. And again, the big thing that we know through this little Mando verse is Thrawn and his return so far, right? Because he's mentioned in Mando. Um, we know Ahsoka and obviously in Book of Boba Fett has a mission that she leaves Luke for, right? So like, there are things happening within these shows that point to this being that culmination of the New Republic versus this Empire Remnant, a.k.a. Thrawn. Right? So I would I would venture to guess that, yeah, he does get out. But so what do not. you think? Do you think there's an Ahsoka season two? Do you think we lead right into Mando season four? Like, where do you, how does this story continue? Yeah, I, again, it could be, it could be a season two, which I wouldn't hate. It could lead into Mando four. Maybe who, Skeleton Crew is supposed to be, be a part of this era. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Which is again kind of refreshing and exciting because because it, it's more fun to experience it as it comes than to kind of be like oh well like we know for Obi Wan we know that he obviously survived that series right it's not that wasn't a big shock or anything like that we know that we know an Andor right Andor doesn't die until Rogue One. But with this series, it's different, right? Because this is all kind of new territory that we are not aware of, that we don't know. Or at least there is a gap between what we do know to this, right? Because the sequel trilogy doesn't happen for another, what, 20-some years from where we are, roughly? So, yeah, I, I don't know, bro. I, I don't I don't know what happens. I do know that Thrawn will get out though, some way, shape, or form. I do. That's that's where I'm at with it. What if it's Snoke? What if Snoke comes back? Oh God, please no. <laughs> Just no. We can we can move on from that. But again, who knows? <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that Balon Scrolls probably the most fascinating character that we have gotten in a long time with Shin and I'm excited to see what they do with his story and Thrawn. We finally got Thrawn live action. That's what I know. I just want to keep these characters in play for a really long time. Honestly. I mean, honestly, no, they're I great. Agree. I agree. I mean, because they are so good, right? That you want to keep them around. But again, yeah, I don't with, with at least with Balin and Shin, I don't know. Again, we, we we talked about it that maybe they both are stranded. Maybe they both die. Who knows, right? We don't know. But I do want Ezra to write, to survive. I want, I want that because I want him to be a part of what's going on, right? And again, it's easy to, again, why we don't see them in the new sequel trilogy. 
because they're doing other crap. But it's not that hard. We do know the the a ghost ship that type of freighter was in the um Rise of Skywalker. But we and we do know the novel that that it was Hera. Well, I mean, maybe it is a new beginning. Maybe there is no more Jedi because, you know, you get up to where Rey is and she, she says, Jedi, I thought they were a myth or, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. No, that's and I think that's part of the fun, though, right? Because it, 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 the unknown can be scary, but it's also, I think, good for us fans to not have our expectations, right? Like we did maybe going into the sequel trilogy. That's kind of where I'm at with it for sure as well. Uh, and any final thoughts, Ange? Any final predictions? Anything else you want to bring up? Uh, I wanted to bring up um, when the mother said it reeks of Jedi. Just being. How'd you feel about that? I mean, it's interesting. I I can't. I was talking to um, a friend of mine offline. And they brought up this idea that maybe that wasn't so much Sabine, but maybe they misread it and maybe it was Balin. Mm. Which I kind of dig. I kind of dig that idea. Because again, just how, how Thrawn has said, you know, he's a Jedi, he's flawed. So maybe they misread it for Sabine, where it actually was Balin. I think it means Sabine's about to do some amazing crap. And it could be too. Again, they've been, that's been set up from like episode what? Two, one? And she was able to force connect with Ahsoka. That was pretty cool as well too. Or was it more Ahsoka? I mean, right. I mean, the bond. The bond. Right. I agree. I agree. And again, was that convenient? Yes. But has that been established before? Absolutely. Empire Strikes Back people. Luke to Leia. So don't give me that like bs like that's been established that this can happen so pump those brakes just in case anybody was complaining about that but yeah i i i i think they're setting up for sabine to do something special whatever it is i don't know but it will she'll be she'll do something with the force and they've been setting it up all season so maybe that will come to fruition in uh, this last episode. We'll see. Anything, uh, anything else, Angela? What else you got? Um, no. I, I mean, I'm, I'm dreading th- Tuesday because it's going to be over. Honestly, like, I've, I've rewatched this entire, like, the entirety a lot just because I am completely engulfed in the storyline these characters the performance everything is so freaking awesome but i just don't want it to end no i agree this is i'm excited i haven't done a re like a total rewatch i've watched you know some of the episodes but i'm excited to watch it in its totality to see how it flows because i feel like from one to six there is a good flow as far as like binging and then like it all makes sense like that I, i'm excited to do that Final note for me, quick shout out to Hayden being in this again as a um, hologram recording. So cool. Nice Very touch. Cool. And he was in like the season one armor uh, of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Looked clean. Looked great. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. That was a nice little touch. All right, Ange, anything else? No. 
How are you gonna I, watch? You gonna you gonna just watch it at home? You're just gonna kind of yeah pop the popcorn? finale. Yeah, have some chips and dips. Do something because this Love is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be a doozy. I just don't know. I'm, I'm bracing for impact, really, because I just don't know how this is gonna end. Which is again exciting. It's exciting. You know, when me and my mom watched seven. We watched six right before it, and then there was a little bit of time still. So then um, I played that Master and Apprentice little uh, thing for her. And it just gets you so amped. It gets you so amped for this stuff. So then when we watched Seven, it was just like, it was really hard hitting. So it was cool. Yeah, I'm excited for the behind the scenes stuff after this. Mm -hmm. Like the gallery of it. Like I I hope it's more than like 30 minutes because I really need a whole, a whole like hour and a half with this with this show. Because it, it, it deems it. Because I just, I'm fascinated to hear Filoni's thought process, his thinking, all that. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see all that stuff for sure. So, all right, kids, that's it. That's the show. We had a lot to talk about, a lot to say for these last two episodes. Uh, the finale is coming up. So we are very excited as well. If you guys enjoy our show, which I hope you do, you guys can follow us, The Galactic Podcast, at The Galactic Pod on Twitter, X, whatever it's called now. We're also on Instagram. Uh, soon to be Blue Sky. I'm working on that uh, to get us on Blue Sky as well. And then you can follow me, Lauren Romo, at Nose on all those social media outlets as well. You can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez, at R2D2Step on Twitter, Instagram, threads, all that good stuff. All the all the places, kids, all the places you can find us. All right. And as always, may that force be with you. Always. Always. always.